What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the 817 Podcast. EJ, how are you feeling after this week? Well, you know, um, you know, got the boxes, the 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 packing tape, um, the markers, getting everything in my boxes as fast as I can. Find a new <laughs> find a new city to live in. Um, the carry moon thing didn't work. Um, you know, I can't believe Betsy lost. We'll get into all this. Yeah. But it's only been a week, but it feels like a feels like six months with all the crazy stuff of like how do you to me why this is crazy just thinking about how does Fort Fort Worth look with all the things that we're doing right now mm. uh, in ten years so it's it's uh, crazy but how was the uh, Disney World it was good uh, yeah it was nice to not be looking at the news very much i like all the <laughs> drink tuned out <laughs> <laughs> i like all the drinking you were doing i was kind of jealous i was like you know i feel like we should have drinks on the pod but we do do the sunday so yeah. maybe mimosas or something yeah you know? that'd be cool yeah people don't there's a <laughs> it's a lot of it's a lot of fun going to disney as an adult without kids yeah uh, I, yeah I, I could imagine so you definitely look like you were living your best life i was i was feeling it yeah. Uh, well, speaking of, um, you know, speaking of second lives, <laughs> second, speaking of second lives and, and, and living our best life, maybe when me and you are old and wrinkly, we could live at the Fort Worth public market <laughs> as the Fort Worth public market will be getting its second life potentially as the historic farmer's market uh, What you know, as we know, beautiful architecture. It was open from 930, uh, 1930 to 1941. Um, people are looking at approving plans to turn the market into a five-story apartment complex which is going to house a senior living um assistance homes for adults jimmy um what are you seeing here what's your thoughts of this idea um and the concept that they have showcased i absolutely love that building um yeah. we love visiting public markets anytime we travel um I've always absolutely adored that building. And if I could think of the worst possible use for it, the worst possible thing to happen to it, other than it being torn down, it would be having it turned into a senior living community. Just because it still makes it inaccessible to, you know, 99% of the population who are not living in there or visiting people that they know living in there. Um, it's just such a, a disappointment to see such a cool building and such a cool space not be used for something that helps I don't know, bring community together, like yeah. right in downtown. Obviously, there's highways running right yeah, behind it. It makes it a little yeah. un inaccessible, but like you're kind of like the bridge between downtown and the south side. Mm -hmm. Like I just think that there is a lot that really could have helped connect those two portions of the city by having something really cool and exciting in there. So yeah. I was very... Uh, very sad to see that this is what's in the plans for it. Well, you know, it says at its peak, the farmer's market had 145 vendor stalls and 30 retail shops. Maybe they do something where um, 
maybe they're just trying to be smart and still maybe have a public market, but they know they have a constant customer base by having a bunch of old people across the street who will, you know, use it and pay for it and, and be consistent. Maybe maybe they'll do something still around a market. That would be my thought. You know, you get a bunch of retired people with a little bit of cash. They need to walk around, but they can't go far. Local vendors in there selling soaps and whatever else they sell. You know, maybe it could be a way to have a constant customer base <laughs> for, a, for a future market. But you're right too with the roads. That every time I love when I have new people in Fort Worth, there's two places, there's two exits where they're like, "What the hell's wrong with your roads?" Yeah, it's the Henderson one and the one on University to go TCU uh-huh. with the 25. Like you gotta go 25 miles and you got a Tokyo drift. <laughs> you play Mario Kart. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So um, who knows? But um, yeah. So the public happening. the public market building itself would house a fitness center, a co working space, and a lounge. Um, the focal point will be a cafe. I so it, it's hard to tell if that's like an open to everybody type of thing, um, or if that's just like yeah. the fitness center and the restaurant for the yep. senior living facility. Um, either way, uh, a little bit of a, a bummer that all that space is going to something that doesn't serve the majority of the community super well. Yeah. Well, maybe it could be our future home one day. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The 817 pod out of it. (laughs) Hey, if we could do it out of the bell tower in the top, that'd be pretty cool. (laughs) Um, so we also have, um, Another kind of cool little article. So we're, we're starting out with little articles, and then we're going to do the big story around redistricting and the updates on the election uh, results. But the other one was something that kind of came out of nowhere for me, at least, uh, was that Fort Worth City Council will vote Tuesday on whether to hire an outside law firm to sue video streaming services like Netflix, Disney, Disney and Hulu. The suit is over non-payment of franchise fees, um, which you see... Um, Streaming services are avoiding these fees, where in the past they were technically classified as utilities. So Fort Worth City Council would get this from cable networks like Spectrum and stuff like that. And so um, they're talking about Fort Worth adjoining 14 other Texas cities in this suing Netflix. Uh, That includes Dallas, Arlington, Grand Prairie, um, Allen, Amarillo, and a couple other places. And uh, they're talking about bringing, it would bring hundreds of thousands of dollars to the city. The council will vote to take place during the regular meeting at 6 p.m. on Tuesday. Yeah, I, uh, to me, it seems like a losing battle all around. Um, They seem hopeful. They seem hopeful, but a federal judge threw out New Boston's lawsuit, New Boston, Texas, in September. It's, uh, oh, I should know where this is. Um, I have family that have, that lived in new Boston and I went to visit, but I was a kid, so I didn't really know exactly where it was. Um, but in September, 2021, they had their lawsuit thrown out saying Texas law gives authority to the state's public utility commission to regulate these fees, not municipalities. So unless we miss something, uh, that hasn't changed in the last six months, so step one, it already seems like maybe it's a losing cause. But to me, if 
So let's say let's say this does work. Let's say Fort Worth wins this, and we start getting paid a five percent, uh, you you know, uh, you public utility tax by these companies. Guess who's actually going to pay that? Like we are as the consumers. Like the companies are just going to charge more based on location, um, or just charge more in general so that they're, this isn't coming out of their bottom line. So basically the way I see this is Fort Worth is using taxpayer money to hire a law firm to potentially get money from these companies that will in turn just charge us as consumers that money yeah so essentially it's just taxpayers going to pay more to the city of fort worth for nothing you know with nothing in return yep so i don't know i'm not a fan of it yeah because by the way new boston new boston is near texarkana oh okay so um but yeah you know I, I mean, I, I agree. It's, I guess it's worth a shot to try to get extra revenue somehow. Um, heck, it might be easier just to get a, a citywide Netflix subscription and we all get Netflix for free. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> that, might, that might cost less than the law bill that you're going to pay to try to get this done. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that's why also, you know, the crazy ideas for me is, you know, I think how can governments get proactive and and be a part of growth of companies, you know, like I mentioned, I think it was last week about endowments doing that with, you know, for-profit companies where, you know, if you could get cities to invest in these companies early, then everyone growing at the same time is a win. It's a win for the company. It's a win for the city because the city owns part of these startups when they were startups. But yeah, this is just seems like a beaten drum that's not going to go anywhere. But yeah, we'll see. Do you have Netflix? I thought you hate Netflix. Don't you hate Netflix? Yeah, we don't have, we haven't had Netflix for... I guess maybe two years now, maybe like a month into the pandemic. Um, I feel like they just put it there. They're a volume shooter and like, you know, that can come out with some, some good stuff, but I, I feel like the majority that they're just putting out it is not good content. And I'd rather, uh, rather pay for other services that are supporting better, uh, more consistently quality, content than netflix is yeah yeah star telegram tried to charge me 50 bucks um last month because they put me month to month and i was like <laughs> people are you are you joking right here so you know had to had to call them you know i was like dang that's like the most the largest subscription i have is star telegram <laughs> and they shoot shots like netflix so don't be out here acting crazy um all right so last short story um but a big one President Joe Biden is expected to, to come to Fort Worth and discuss veteran issues this Tuesday. Uh, but um, trips, details about his trip is unclear. It seems like the Tarrant County Democratic Party is not sure what's happening, but they're excited that he's coming. A lot of different experts came in and talked about what is he going to talk about? Is it just going to be about veterans? Is it going to be about his uh, his speech? Is he going to kind of highlight some of the success? Um how do you feel about this? We just had Beto O'Rourke um, last Tuesday. And Abbott. And Abbott. I think that's uh, that has been very telling to me about the way 
Fort Worth and Tarrant County are viewed right now um, because you would not get Beto on election night, Abbott as well, and then Joe Biden a week later if they didn't see Tarrant County as playing a big role both in the gubernatorial election, um, the the midterms, and next presidential election. Um, I think it's also very interesting that he's coming at a time when we've got more and more ex- right-wing extremists um, winning primaries. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that it's... I think that Tarrant County is probably very clearly seen as at a major pivot point. And I think they're assuming that if they can engage enough moderate to slightly left voters to actually show up, that they can continue to carry Tarrant and maybe even flip Texas a little more blue. Um, so I find it really interesting that we've had all the heavy hitters here within the course of a week. Yeah. I mean, was it him or was it Kamala Harris's bus that they tried to run off the road? It was Kamala's that they tried to run off the road. Yeah. And so, yeah. So that's surprising too, that they're coming back. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like after I saw the results of, of this, of this like early election stuff, if I was Biden, like, nah, fam, I'm good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want to live to see another day. I mean, yeah. It, but what's what's tough too is like I feel like the Tarrant County um our democratic group um does does a lot of work and I'm a, I'm a big fan of I'm going to screw up her name, Dr. Campolo, Campolo. Um cuz she's just a doer. Every time I see her on 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 newspapers or in, in interviews or she's really rarely in any of those. She's usually really in the work. Um I just don't know why we're not I just someone who's in the news and is a democrat I and we're not excited. Like we should feel more excited about the opportunity and the idea. Why does Georgia feel so excited? But like mm, I feel yeah. like we don't we don't feel excited and I don't know if just Beto's name is going to bring a bunch of Democrats to vote because based off of early election, we were behind hundreds of thousands of votes as a state. Yeah. You know? So it's which. OK, so there the flip side of that is there weren't really contested races, right? Yeah. Like Beto carried what, like 97 yeah. percent of the vote, like something mm-hmm. insane like that. So I think people and we, and we didn't have any. um, What is it called? Like topics at the end of the election because we right, both voted right. republican this this round you saw the what are those called well, I'm blanking. like the uh not amendments but propositions propositions yeah yes. yeah and they were crazy on the um, republican side yeah so there i think that's a big piece of it is that um you know abbott was feeling some pressure although it didn't end up turning out to be much um ken paxton feeling a lot of heat um so Republicans, I would assume, felt like they had something to vote for, but it's also not a great indicator of like, well, we saw that we, you know, were a couple hundred thousand, a few hundred thousand votes behind in the primaries. Like maybe it's not worth my time to go vote in November. 
uh, which I, I hopefully they can flip that mindset some, but I think it's probably more driven just by the the perceived level of competition. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're looking at a poll in February found that fifty two percent of voters surveyed by the Texas Poli- Poli- Politics Project at the University of Texas at Austin disapproved of Biden's performance. Among Democrats, his approval rating was seventy six percent. Among Republicans, it was six percent. Um, which it's great. The, the polling recently about how they're comparing Biden's ratings to to Trump's Well, they're comparing Biden to Putin Mm. and like Republicans more perceive Putin's job as a Russian dictator as being better than Joe Biden as president, which is unfathomable. Like, it that is the one of the most concerning things I've seen recently. Yeah. That poll just shows the polarization. How nobody actually wants to agree or just like right. act normal on some things. Like, yeah, just like be rational. Act, yeah, 100%. have a thought. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. You want to move into? We're talking about election stuff, so yeah. let's move into some of the maybe more surprising election results of this Tuesday, this past Tuesday, and. The big one, the big one is that Betsy Price gets to spend that time with her grandchildren now. Um, I I could have seen like her losing was not an, uh, was something that, you know, I don't know was a major surprise, Really, but her losing by that margin. I think we never on this pod thought she was not going to win. Well, I thought that, I mean, O'Hare had a lot of support from the mercy culture uh, quote unquote super PAC that seems to be illegally operating through a nonprofit. Um, with yeah, you know them getting their candidates up on stage and uh publicly endorsing them, making sure everybody gets out to vote. Um, yeah. and donating through that too. I think and like we've seen that O'Hare went all in on like. Betsy's not a real Republican like she's yeah. not far enough right and that's what we've seen is winning in a lot of cases right now but I didn't see it being as big of a blowout as it was yeah I mean to me this is this is just this is so scary for Tarrant County and because like I was okay with like the aristocratic Republicans that Bessie Price, Maddie Parker carries. It's like to me, if I was Maddie Parker, now how I mayor and what I say for the city, because you just saw what happened to Betsy Price. Like if you're going to be a Fort Worth purple city's mayor, but you want maybe state aspirations, like you have to realize like, holy smokes, I don't know how I'm going to be able to be moderate. Right. And keep my city happy. Well, at the same time, if I ever have state aspirations, be able to do so. So it's like you talk about Fort Worth is battling between, you know, this progressive culture and this aristocratic old uh, Republican culture. Now you got them fighting against the mercy culture. Yeah. And because Fort Worth is so damn big and then Tarrant County's huge. If if people like Betsy start losing to these. I mean, that's scary. I mean, that's, that's like you said, you know, Fort Worth, Tarrant County becomes an unsafe 
uh, place for some people um, as we keep keep on building out. Yeah, and I mean, so Glenn Whitley came out and said, like, I'm not going to support O'Hare, uh, which I I find a little bit silly because he's also not going to support Deborah Peoples. Yeah, um, these old these older politicians who are done. Yeah, just need to do the right thing. Right. And it, De- Deborah Peoples, endorse Deborah Peoples. Yeah. Glenn Whitley, Betsy Price. You're done. You're not running for anything else. Right. Who cares? Just be normal. And you know that we cannot have this guy take over. You know that it will be a bad thing for the city and for the county if this guy takes over yeah. in the head honcho's chair. Like, this is not something that we can let happen. Yeah, like do the right do the right thing. And even though, you know, O'Hare wouldn't be responsible for like like all the educational stuff that he's famous for and like like talking about critical race theory in schools and all that. Um I mean, the judge does make laws and tax, you know, around tax and like if we're going to build for the future, but we're going to have these conservative investments it's going to be hard like how do you grow a city that's trying to compete you just build more roads yeah yeah and, yeah, and yeah. get further out yeah um so it's yeah it's a it's a interesting time and um yeah i'm just really not looking forward to november right now i think this is where like and maybe this is why beto is coming here and joe biden is coming here is like we need we cannot have this guy take over. They see that. They see what Fort Worth can become from in a politi- from a political standpoint and know that if someone as extreme as O'Hare is elected to the top seat, what that potentially means statewide um and locally for the growth and progress of the city. Um I'm hopeful that like you know, having Beto on the ballot that he can fire people up and that will carry down ballot to somebody like Deborah. Um, and uh, I, I, I mean, I think that and the she, positive for Deborah is she's a common name now that right like, that people but like, oh, I've seen this name, so that's a positive, and it's not against another name that's famous, right? Um, yeah, it was a that was the the most surprising thing about Tuesday was the margin of that victory to me. Um I was also really surprised to see Carrie drop out after like an hour. Um yep. and not even make not even make the runoff. So that'll be interesting to see if he does choose to run for his seat again over the summer. Um and if he doesn't, who steps up to uh run against Tara Wilson there. Yep. But overall, I it was maybe a little less eventful of a uh, Tuesday election than we thought. Um, but there was still plenty of other stuff that uh, happened this week that we had hit on last week. Um, Including um, what we have now is that after the... And, and apologize on the pod. We were talking that the redistricting meeting uh, public open forum was... On Thursday, it was actually Monday. Yeah, it got moved to Monday. Yeah, so it was Monday, which um, we still had a lot of people roll out. And um, 
I, 57 people yeah. spoke. That's a, yeah. For, uh, yeah, for a city meeting, that's a lot. Yeah. What we're seeing is that the map that was originally drawn by District 8 Council Member Chris Nettles um, ahead of the February 15th map drawing session was really the most popular map. And um, there was kind of the new district that he was kind of drawing had like this horseshoe look, uh, which does look odd, but it, it helps uh, contain a Hispanic voting age population of 58%. Um, and it was the strongest map um, than any other maps proposed um, supporting kind of a, a Hispanic voice or a, a Hispanic majority districts. Um, the the other piece about here is that the majority of the people who spoke were pro the map in spite of the fact that this map wasn't put up to consideration by the council and no version of Nettles map with the horseshoe amendment were made to public prior to the meeting. Yeah, it's just kind of like where did where did this map come from? It just sort of popped up. Um, the maybe the downside of it is that the horseshoe map will knock down the Hispanic voting age population in district two by six percentage points compared to the task force map. Um, but I guess that's kind of the, the trade off is it makes this one so strong that, um, it really provides a good opportunity for Hispanic representation, but it just goes to like, continues the point of, independent redistricting was something that people were advocating for so that Mm -hmm. we knew what was going on. And this map just kind of coming out of nowhere, not having been made public beforehand, um, even if it does accomplish some of the goals set out by, uh, by the task force, it's still... Like, where did this come from? Uh, yeah. It's definitely How- a little weird looking. Like, I do think it might get some scrutiny from a, a legal standpoint just because it's a little bit weird looking. Like, I think it's probably one that we'll look back on in 10 years and be like, what the did, <laughs> were these people doing? Um, it does allow um, two of the most notable communities of interest, Como community and the Riverside Alliance to stay intact. Um, yeah, what I, what I'm surprised with is how it seems, how powerful the city council is that just like, they can just bring a map out of nowhere. And now it's like in discussion, like February 28th, boom. Now we're here. Like, why and did we now, do now the last gonna, six yeah, months of this? Yeah. And now it's like, Oh, looks like we got a new map that everyone agrees on. I think that the quickness is, is odd. Um, and you know, United Fort Worth which is a grassroots community organization that's does a lot of great work. Um, and man, I would even love to have a United Fort Worth person on the pod. Um, but they, they posted something about Chris Nettles being pro independent redistricting, Mm. um, when they were running and given their endorsement. And I know in the past they, they brought it back up and people have, there has been not, them him and jared not showcasing openness to independent redistricting like they were when they were running Mm. so um on their instagram they posted both of their forums with them um talking about their um pro for independent redistricting and now instead nettles is just riding the map it's interesting yeah granted i'm 
I would rather uh, Nettles and Jared Williams 100%. be drawing the, these maps than Jungus Jordan and Kelly Allen Gray. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Carrie Moon, who's, who's fighting a way to get to uh, North Fort Worth districts. Yeah, which I'd... It was... Uh, labeled as low priority coming into the meeting, which also is an interesting, like, how did, uh, how is his kind of just getting thrown under the bus, um, which I don't mind, but it also <laughs> begs to question the process. And I, I think that's a, a fair thing to question for, from both sides and both opinions. The council will hear public comments at 6 PM on March 22nd. Um, Gina Gina Bivens requests a staff makes online flyers in English, Spanish, and Vietnamese so the council members can inform their constituents about the public comment period. The next drawing session will be scheduled in the weeks following this public comment meeting, which could move back to the self-imposed March 29th deadline. Um, their ideal um, completion is June of 2022. It's the latest they want to fi finish. So um, we will see what comes next well our uh we've been moving through a lot of these as um i feel like it was a lot of kind of short stories that like piece together and our wins and losses are are kind of the the same like i think we'll be we'll there's more to talk about with them than there usually is with our wins and losses. Uh, do you want to start with your loss? So my loss is um, basically two stories about how city um, governments use tax, do tax dollars. Um, but basically this one right here is in Grapevine. Two Grapevine city directors spent thousands of dollars in public money on shopping, travel, um, and audit shows. So kind of give you a perspective here. Um, two managers for the city of Grapevine has resigned after potentially misspending up to $250,000 of city funds, including personal purchases of luxury furniture, Apple products, and a trip to Canada, according to the two audits that were obtained by the Fort Worth Tele Star-Telegram. Um, yeah, there was some crazy stuff. I mean, I'm talking like $23,000 on Apple products. Uh, you're also seeing like uh, restoration um, hardware store for furniture and like they even posted it on their social media account for new <laughs> furniture um if you're if you're resigning over this i think we uh, have a pretty good idea if you potentially spent this money or not <laughs> yeah so it's just um and then and then you know the the city water district is back this was just posted a couple hours from from recording that the tarrant water district used tax dollars for their fort worth club membership which yeah um, and so it leaders are not allowed to do that with city funds. Um, so that's, it's, um, you know, according to Lon Burnman, a former democratic state representative, he says, these are not pub public sector appropriate expenditures. So my loss is just like how, um, important one local journalism is to, to us being aware of these kind mm -hmm. of things. And uh, it, that's a win, but the loss of just like how people spend money, um, especially people who get paid really well. These city managers were not getting paid cheaply. Yeah, I think talking about like 
you know, being in the room where it happens, like using taxpayer money for the heads of the regional water district to go hang out in a club with the wealthiest and most powerful people in the city doesn't seem like a recipe for anti-corrupt practices. Um, plus just the fact that like the fort, yeah, that you're, they, in any way you would think it appropriate to use this money for something like the Fort Worth club membership. It also begs into question, like how much are we paying for water? Um, and uh, how much could we actually be paying or saving taxpayers if we weren't spending money on stuff like this? Yeah. What is your loss? Um, my loss, uh, Fort Worth is going to the Supreme Court. Uh, the U.S. Supreme Court announced Monday it will hear a case involving a Fort Worth couple's adoption of a Native child that experts say has the ability to undermine Native American sovereignty. Um, there's a, a long, great article by Kaylee Johnson in the Star-Telegram um, that is a little bit uh, convoluted, so I would... Say, if you are looking for more information about all of this, um, the the Brackings case, uh, the Brackings family, has gained national attention and is, and is the subject of the podcast, This Land, by Crooked Media and journalist Rebecca Nagel. Um, I think that's a great piggybacking point for um, this article, but... Essentially, it there are laws protecting um, Native American nations and families, and uh, trying to um, prevent too much displacement of Native American families and communities, which gives priority in adoption of Native American children to. Native American families and the Brackings have um, fought against this. They um, won their first case um, of adopting a, a child and then were going through the process again when that child's mother had another sibling, although a family member was willing and trying to take that child. Um, so in my opinion, trying to infringe on, uh, the rights of native communities is a bad thing. And I think it's a, a loss that they're trying to tear, um, these laws down because they, these protections were put in place for, a reason to protect these communities. Yeah. And if Ken Paxson is helping you out, it doesn't seem like a good cause. Yeah. Yeah. If you're, if, if, and it looks Ken, like, these, if, and it looks like these people, the Brackens could attend mercy church. So I'm also not <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, but, but I think that's probably where all our bad reviews come. It's probably mercy. 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what's a, uh, I'll go, I'll go with my win real quick. Um, and that's that the near South side is welcoming a new 2,400 square foot community art space. Um, the pool is 
in the ground floor of the Everly Plaza, 1801 8th Ave. It opened at 5 p.m. this past Saturday with a collaborative exhibition featuring more than 30 glass artists from uh, Seneca Studios. Managed by Near Southside Arts, uh, the pool is a private partnership between Everly Plaza, Sagebrook Development, OSDA Industries, and Near Southside Inc. Um, I think it's really great to put another community arts center in the city and to put it in uh, an area like the near South side that is home to a lot of artists um, and hopefully can continue. Hopefully near South side arts can continue to um, work in the area to make sure it stays affordable for artists to live and develop to continue to push the artistic culture of the area. Yeah. And and I think this goes with my win and aligns with, man, I, I actually feel really hopeful for how um, strong Southside is going to feel in the next decade. I mean, just uh, because as, as, as well as we're investing in the arts and the culture, you're also having um, a medical school, a, a medical TCU's medical school being announced um, that they're going to, um, take over a vacant lot on the corner of South Henderson and West Rosedale street. Um, this will be a, a med school, um, for, from TC as an institution. And if you remember, this was supposed to be a partnered gig with UNTL science center and they ended up separating, but this is going to be in a great location. You're bringing, um, educated, um, white collar knowledge base workers, um, which often in, just also then includes a lot of diversity um, and bringing them into a very important part of Fort, uh, of Fort Worth. And it just makes me think about like Houston's medical area and, and the blend of, of, of their university, their medical, but then the arts and creative and good food. And so that's one promising place of Fort Worth. Um, and then also um, what you're seeing is that um TCU Medical School will continue to use this space in Health Science Center's interdisciplinary research and education building. Um, TCU is leasing 60,000 square feet of space from Health Science Center at $180,000 per month. Um, So, and then also pays another 30,000 for maintenance. So there's definitely still a partnership between UNT Health Science Center and a lot of them wanting to see both succeed. Um, but then this wasn't the only thing around, um, you know, yes, this is great for medical field and, um, and, um, white collar jobs, but Amazon as well, um, is partnering with nine Texans colleges, including four in Dallas, Fort Worth to offer fully funded tuition, um, to their employees. Um, this is going to be Dallas college, Tarrant County community college, the university of Texas at Dallas and the university of North Texas um, which are among the nine Texas schools across the state. Um, Amazon says their career choice program offers fully funded college tuition and allows employees to participate every year they work at Amazon and gives them eligibility after only 90 days of employment. Um, so that's also cool to also see that we're making partnerships to also support um, you know, blue-collar workers as well in, in the city to elevate and be able to maybe uh, mobilize uh, their career. Yeah. Yeah. Amazon um, has always gotten a lot of hate for um, perceived treatment of employees. 
Uh, but they have for a long time been ahead of the curve on a lot on offering things like this to everybody that works there. Um, and so I'm, I'm glad to see them, uh, take another step and extension of that because a lot of it up to now has been, um, maybe not a hundred percent, maybe like 75%, but they're CDL, um, a lot of license licensing like that they've done for a long time. So really cool that, that four schools in the area are part of that. And, um, especially Tarrant County college, because it does have campuses very close to a lot of the Amazon warehouses in the area. Yeah. And I mean, my, my big thing about these kind of free college, um, what does completion rate look like? Um, and usage. I mean, I know there was a, a recent, I don't know how recent, I think maybe like, yeah, April 2021. So a year ago, but they were looking at how successful some of these Bloomberg was looking at how some successful these degree programs were. Mm-hmm. And of the 56,000 workers who had participated in Walmart's program from June 2018 to April 2021, uh, only 336 actually got a bachelor's degree. Wow. So a lot of this is, you know, this argument that um, there could be a lot of partnership play and money to be made, but do we actually mobilize people through? Yeah. Um, It seems like something we need to watch um, as well. Yeah. Well, it was an interesting week. Next week, we're going to be at South by Southwest. Yeah. So I think we'll probably figure out a way to... uh, maybe have it going live like maybe we'll um go live on uh instagram so you can uh watch it there oh yeah Um, but then we're we're also figuring out to make sure that um we'll still have it posted on monday um as you normally get the pod so one of those ways you'll be able to see it um but yeah i'm excited to to get down there and do it yeah and so we're, we're recording on sunday um we're recording Sunday at noon. Yep. And it seems like we'll be able to talk about what we want and maybe just be able to do our own thing. Yeah, I think so. I think originally they were talking about having um, people interviewing somebody else, but I don't know that that's um, necessarily how it how it is now. If you want the full lineup, um, fortworth.com slash South by Southwest 2022 slash podcasts. Um Saturday, uh, Maddie Parker, Tony Green and Henry Abuto, Courtney Gumbleton, Jonica Rivers. Then Sunday, we've got us, Robin Reisenhoover, uh, the Funky Panther, Javier, Chad, and Tim, and Jordan Ross. So it should be a should be a good time with a bunch of us down there. Yeah, and um, I forgot to note um, something that was also since you're sharing links. Um, Fort Worth did an awesome star telegram has a searchable database of city Fort Worth government employee mm. salaries. Um, we'll probably talk about those salaries and talk about what's, what that looks like throughout the pod. But if you just were curious, I mean, it's like all what three, 6,900 employees in, in Fort Worth. And you, you can search for anybody. Yeah. And you could like, look how much they make, um, their annual salary. Right. So obviously David cook makes $368,000. Uh, Neil Noakes makes $227,000. So a lot of money being spent and things you can look up um, if you're interested. Yeah. Well, thanks. Uh, 
Thanks everyone for listening, and we're looking forward to next week. Peace. Whoa, uh.